It's time for NSYNC Fan Fiction. It's fan fiction about NSYNC. Our friend found a bind full of some anonymous girls. NSYNC Fan Fiction at a thrift store in Chicago. We read pages from it aloud and we make our way through the binder. We've never ever read ahead, so experience it with us each page in real time. No sprouted wheat, and soya shoots, and brussels in a cake, carrot straw, and spinach raw. Today, I need a steak. Maya Angelou. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to... What the fuck is our name again? Oh, the Found and Sync Fan Fiction Radio Hour. That name is just too long. I... Who are we? You guys, I forgot to bring the binder over to Sasha's house. Oh, we got all set up and I fucking forgot the binder. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, this is Liz. And I'm Sasha. Hi. Sasha started out things on a very serious note with Maya Angelou from great food all day long. Cook splendidly. Eat smart. (laughs) My mother gave me that cookbook one year for Christmas, and she's like, oh, you love Maya Angelou. And I went, sure. I mean, I don't dislike Maya Angelou. (laughs) But I mean, she was a great author, as clear and poet, clearly, as by the selection that I chose. And also apparently a great cook, enough so that she could get a book deal for her... Cooking. Uh, half of the half of the vegetarian recipes in here say they need steak or beef or something. So is she vegetarian? No, that was the poem about her uh, reluctance for vegetarianism. Right. And it goes on for we don't have enough time or stamina for those stanzas. So I'd rather keep the three listeners we have. This is so much fun. This is so much fun. I'm also going to turn the sound off my phone because it's vibrating. Oh, was that you? That yeah. was um, yes. All right. And mute and done. Oh, hey. So, in lieu of a... And by lieu, we mean Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> Sorry. In lieu of... Carry on. And Lou Pearlman. Come on. Let's stay on topic here. Right. Um, in lieu of... <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> in lieu of... <laughs> with love. With love. In lieu of um, uh, continuing from the very uplifting... Uh, 9-11-themed NSYNC fanfiction that we were last on, Um, we are going to spend some time recapping a very important television event that we had watched. Yes, it was Britney Ever After, the Britney Spears story, Lifetime Original. Thank you. And uh, listeners may recall that, that that's what we call the Britney riff. That also sounds like the People's Court theme. And that also sounds like... Like Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, there it is. Let's think of our scales. <laughs> Let's think of our scales. Britney would. So here's the thing, is that we watched it maybe a month ago? No, it couldn't have been. I mean, it was at least three weeks ago. So uh, uh, three weeks to a month ago, the same night that we made... Pizza in one of those brownie pans where it's all edges. Oh my so god! So it looks like an S. It was a serpentine brownie-edged pizza of gloriousness. Not saying there was any brownie in the pizza. That would be bizarre. Although maybe delicious. Maybe delicious. I'm known for my weird novelty preferences. Mm. What do you think, John? I agree. John Great. is Sasha's roommate and uh, local commentator. Hi. <laughs> he'll be he'll be making pasta in the kitchen. Should we need to? reach him later so let's talk about the britney event yeah so um sorry a little m for you all well uh oh i should also mention today's drink because we have a different drink every time we do this is a dunkin donuts coffee with a turbo shot in it which is really just either a black eye or a red eye i can't remember which is which one has one shot of espresso the other has two shots of espresso and I got them from Dunkin' Donuts, which this particular Dunkin' Donuts, because it's next to a laundromat, is the most depressing Dunkin' and Donuts I've Dunkin' Donuts I've ever been in. I that, swear to God. Wait, is that the one on Western and Elston? No, more depressing than that one. It's on Milwaukee. Uh, uh, say no more. 
We're kind of just a little bit south of uh, California. And oh, it's tucked in the pseudo-strip oh, mall. Yeah, that's a that's a little off the beaten path there. But yeah, yeah. That, that's a sad one. It's a super sad one. Also, everyone in the parking lot does that asshole parking thing where they turn their car around and do like a 27-point turn so that they can park ass in so that they can pull out faster. But the amount of time that they think they're saving when they leave, they've spent on the front end of parking. Like, like they're like, I might need to make a quick getaway or something. Well, they might, I mean, if anyone saw them there. Good point. This is elitism by Sasha Mullen. And also, I should mention that when I was last in San Francisco, so, uh, the, our rental car got dinged by someone trying to park like that. Are you sure they were parking ass in or asinine? Both. Did I conjugate that right? I don't think I did. I loved it. The joke works. It totally works. Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. Coffee. <laughs> I've been waiting three minutes to do that. <laughs> As you can tell, this episode is brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Get it. Get it. Get it. <laughs> Oh wait, hang on. Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> no. And that's it. All right. Thanks cheers. For, cheers. Cheers. And Fraser, a spinoff of. So I would recap the last episode of InSync fan fiction. But, it's just 9/11. But it basically was the protagonist and Joey Fatone experiencing 9/11, and that they're both okay, basically. Oh, also he had to ask her to marry him. Oh right, that I did. I did forget about that because it was overshadowed by just how dramatic it was. It was very out of character for the to- the general tone. Yeah, the general fatone of the, <laughs> that was even beneath me. <laughs> um, it, it was it was just so it was so left field in terms of its in terms of its tone with the rest of the story, which is weird because I think the story tries really hard to sound very serious, but I think that's the charm is that it never succeeds at it. That's so true. You know, it's like it, yeah. because it acts as though the author that I imagined, you know, because when you were a preteen or and burgeoning into teenhood, just in general, not a girl, not yet a woman. I'm not gonna play that right now. Um, that. <laughs> All right. I used to think. <laughs> All right, we're done. All right. Uh, the, uh, the thing with the thing. What was I saying? Oh, it, you know, it's it's like when you're when you're a kid, and you know, you may be intellectually intelligent in many ways, but you're not fully emotionally there because you don't necessarily have the the time in your life or the experience to fully register all the things. So your brain might be further ahead, and or it might be one of those like I, I hesitate to, to like Lolitaism, you know, where the person is acting much older than they actually are. That's my theory. My, the, minus the, any is... daddy issues, but the you know what I mean. Yeah, like this person it's a it's that mixed with this is what i think adults act like yes and so and so to have like the gravity of 9-11 be written so um bleakly yeah like that was the first time i felt uncomfortable with the like legitimately uncomfortable with the fan fiction more not, more than the sex scenes yeah because the sex scenes were just like oh this is like this is someone's fantasy like, yeah everybody has that that's nothing new yeah but this was so this seemed like it was ripped off of like so, it, it seemed a little close to home in in a lot of ways for the source material, right? And um, I'm not sure if I'm articulating this well enough. Maybe I need more coffee. But you, you get you get one getting. I at, do. I do. Um, I do is an Italian song by Laura Graziano. Not the Abba. I do. You mean Lisa Loeb? I do. How many people have written songs called "I Do"? I did. You did? No, I just. <laughs> Anyway, I, know. <laughs> I was running with the gag, but it was like a little too. Oh, I ran with the gag. Yeah, I ran. Oh, which reminds me, you said you had to tell me something, and that we should wait until we hit play. So now oh, we hit play. So speaking of a of a disaster, you, it, listeners can't see my eyes, but they're they're right, they're rising. Um, much like the juiciness of this, so this is being uh, filmed. <laughs> this is being recorded very soon. Uh, like I'd say, two days after the. Um, 
The now what I'm assuming is going to be in the history books. Yeah. The Fire F Y R E festival somewhere on an island. Uh-huh. Um, I believe in the Bahamas, maybe. I can't quite remember. Mm-hmm. But it's 2017 at the time of this recording, and this people paid, like people paid anywhere from twelve hundred dollars to, and I kid you not, two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a weekend festival. And maybe it's two weekends. I'm not. I couldn't quite clearly understand this. But whatever it is, it's it's completely in shambles. Um, it's a festival led by Ja Rule. Do you remember Ja Rule? No. Exactly. But Ja Rule was omnipresent in the early 2000s uh, with his collaborations with J-Lo and especially with Ashanti. Mm-hmm. Um, and I live for a good Ashanti joke and I'm about to die for an Ashanti joke. This is... Somebody on the Twitter, and I can't quite remember, so it's easy to find. Otherwise, I'd source this. But it's it's a picture of all of the tents, the emergency tents that all of the festival goers have to stay in. Bear with me here. They all have to stay in these, these emergency tents because there's no there's no uh, host- there's no um, hostels and there's no hotels. There's nothing for anyone to stay in. The people have paid up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars, which is absurd to go to a festival. I I can't even imagine. Does that cover like? Light food? Well, you'd think that because it actually looks kind of looks like a FEMA disaster, quite honestly, because there's somebody took a picture of the VIP food that they had paid extra for, which was like two pieces of untoasted white bread with a couple of things that look like white cheese Velveeta and um, some wilted looking salad in the corner. And it's in a styrofoam to go like takeaway container. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. And and so but anyway, so because it's basically like an un, unpaved construction site that these these uh, very affluent festival goers have gone to, there's no place to stay, so they've all stayed in these emergency white tents and so someone took a, a blurry picture, but a picture nonetheless, put it on Twitter with the caption, "When you expected Ja Rule, but it's nothing but a shanty town." <laughs> Y'all don't even know that joke has been with me for for the past few days, and I, I I cry on the inside every time. I actually wheezed. My I think one of my lungs collapsed, and I was not prepared for the wheezing that emitted <laughs> from that lung. You know, because normally when I think of Shanti, you know, there's this gif gif slash gif of Shanti doing these really unfortunate dance moves. I think it's on like a Wendy Williams show or something, and she's surrounded by fog and her dancers, and they all look like they're like trying to get the worms out their butt, you know, like a dog dragon. <laughs> I don't know why they thought that was supposed to be a sexy dance. I see that all the time on on various parts of the internet as some sort of just takeaway image. But also, um, somebody that uh, a pal on the internet once referred to Madonna's Shanti Ashtangi, which is an album track. Yeah, from Ray know, of Light. From Ray of Light, which is the source of our original name, Ray of Ray Light, Light. Uh, before the rebranding on our new network. Um, that it... <laughs> They called it shitty Ashanti. So in my head, I hear that all the time. So I just hear own shitty, which is, I know is culturally insensitive, but the the fact that Madonna did that in the first place is culturally insensitive. So I'm just mocking by proxy. Don't send me hate mail. Anyway, so Ashanti is now Ashanti town and I am crying on the inside. Oh. With joy. (laughs) I mean, you know, I want to say like poor, poor them, you know, but it's jaw rule. Also, these people spent that amount of money for Jaw Rule. And did they think that they were gonna get? I mean, what were the other performers, or what? Well, the headlining performer was Blink One Eighty Two, who pulled out last minute. Ooh, it's twenty seventeen. Thank you. Did this happen? Did the tw- did this happen like in the past couple weekends or something? No, this just happened. Oh, this is breaking news. Break. <laughs> Yep. I feel like David Bowie is going to come out any moment. <laughs> um, but you know, I also find it funny that I'm judging everyone for that because we're reading out of an NC fan fiction book. Well, or at least we would be if I had not forgotten to bring it over. Yes. Well, you're the only one who's who's berating yourself. You know, the parade of berate. That's very kind of you. You're very kind because you brought over coffee. And I'm just excited to be with you. Because you're my friend. You're my friend. Aww. Aww. Okay, so let's talk about Brittany. So, the... It was... The woman who played Brittany on this is actually... 
either Australian or from New Zealand. I, she must be from another world. It's weird. She, from a distance, whenever yeah. she was... <laughs> I'm not playing that. <laughs> Sorry, Julie Golden, Bette Midler. The, from a distance, she looked pretty close to Brittany, but every time they got anywhere close to her face, it was clearly not her. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Our, our friend Sarah that we were watching this with and Sarah's important to the, to us, especially. Yes, because she's the one that found the binder. Yes. Yeah. For no other reason. <laughs> I'm kidding. She's one of the best people we know. So true. Sarah, we love you. Um, she pointed out uh, that there. It seemed like all of the people that were supposed to play the real other people looked enough. Or looked like the people, but like that they were made out of clay. Oh, yeah. That's right. She did say that. Like, yeah. Almost like a bootleg version of <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was kind of... It... Can we change the dreidel song if they're made of clay? <laughs> lifetime I'm a, I'm lifetime a, movie actors, they're made out of clay. The um And what was interesting is before we watched the Britney thing, we watched some other previews for other Lifetime movies. Indeed. Like there's a Full House one, there's a Melrose Place one, there's a Saved by the Bell one. And everybody agreed that it was like, oh, they look like that actor, but if that actor was made out of clay. Yeah. Facsimilar, facts, uh, yeah, fac, Well, I was gonna say they're like a facsimile, but I guess yeah. they are facsimilar. That's not a word, I don't think. But it it is now. It is now. It they all looked really strange. Yeah. Um, but I have I did see the Saved by the Bell one, which was awful. But I want like not even an, I didn't even like it in an, an ironic way. I wanted to. Yeah. But I will say we watched a couple clips from that Melrose Place one specifically. And we watched one twice because it was hilarious. And I <laughs> desperately, desperately want to watch that Yeah, one. like, I went into the other room to, like, check on the pizza or something. And I came back and you guys had, like, watched it and were then reenacting parts of <laughs> Parts of, like, the one-minute clip. Yeah. And then we couldn't get it to work again because it was a 30-second sample. And I remember Sarah was like, oh, no, we're making this work. <laughs> oh. There was, like, a scene in it where, like, the... Heather Locklear is supposed to come in and then you guys were you guys kept saying like saying this throughout the night where the she comes in she goes did someone order a bitch <laughs> so now I think I feel like I feel like I need to say that every time I enter a room yeah did someone order a bitch <laughs> be really funny if you were working in Starbucks or something and you lay someone's thing on the Somebody order a bitch. I suppose that we that could be a substitute name for the um, the unicorn frappuccino that oh, won't go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That did they, they did they do the unicorn thing again? Is that what you mean? It won't go away, or it won't go away because it's all over the internet and it won't go away. I don't know anymore. I just feel like I'm constantly seeing it. So back to Britney. Back to Britney. Now I feel like I need to go watch it because I don't remember any of it now. Do you want to just do you want to just rap outrageous? Outrageous. When I'm at a party, party outrageous. outrageous. And my sexy jeans. That's all. Didn't R. Kelly write that song? Scene. Yeah, he did. Which reminds me, this all started. Our, we watched the Lifetime Britney movie, Britney mm-hmm. Ever After, because you fell into this because you saw the Aaliyah. The Aaliyah one was amazing, and they had the guy playing R. Kelly in it. So weird. Yeah. But not the Disney show. The so and honestly, I didn't know really who she was except because of you talking about her oh right well i mean i i really like Aaliyah. like legitimately i thought that she was on the cusp of being doing something really brilliant she had a really high iq she was really in the case this is actually really apt that we're talking about this this is such a serious conversation now but earlier when we when we were talking about um you know uh young people who behave older than they are. Aaliyah was very much that type of person where she was insanely intelligent and very innovative and she did so much by the time that she was... When did she die? Like in her early 20s? Yeah, she was super she, young. She started... She must have started around 13 or 14 because that's when she was uh, in the illegal marriage with R. Kelly. R. Kelly, yeah. And that was around the time of her first record because he mentored her. Yeah. And I guess... He produced her first album. groomed her, I suppose, in yeah. an unfortunate way. But he... But she... Um, 
She every time every interview you ever see with her, she's so put together. You would never even assume that she wasn't at least in her mid twenties, which she never got to, which is uh, horrifying. You know what's freaky? So I fell into an Aaliyah spiral, like not on a plane. No, <laughs> which is how she died. And I watched the last video that she made. Was it Rock the Boat? I- it's like white, yeah, white she's box like, letter. She's, I, don't, I don't remember, but I just remember her floating in the water. Mm-hmm. And um, and what's crazy is that I looked at the comments that people made like under the video and someone was like, she made this video just hours before she died. Yeah. Because she died in the plane crash or whatever. Yeah, I think it, I think it was a private plane and the pilot, I think, was like high out of his mind or something. Really? Yeah. Damn. Allegedly. Um, yeah, I, it's been a while since I've thought about this, but, you know, like, her estate is really protective of it. But, you know, you again, like, you look at her, and she looks much older than she is. And it really it has a lot to do with, like, how sharp her facial features are, but also, I think, just how she presented herself and, like, her physicality. Like, she had a very good Alexander technique for those posture nerds out there. What does that mean? It means, you know, the, the posture you're supposed to have. When you sing? Just in general, because uh, the posture of a child... Yeah. Like, it's generally very good, and then over time we start to collapse. Oh my god, you're, I'm totally collapsing in right now. Yes. I have the worst posture I'm just, ever. I'm just trying to think of it right now. I'm trying to fix my posture in this impossible chair. Why am I fixing my posture? We're on radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we were talking about Aaliyah. Anyway, yeah. so the movie, the movie, I didn't really see much of the movie beyond a couple of clips, but you saw the whole thing, and mm-hmm. I, as far as I'm aware, because they, they really... They end it... Where she is, like, riding a high, you know, success wave, you know, like, she had, ju- she had just gotten the role in the Matrix, the second or third Matrix movie. The, the second one, yeah, because Jada Pinkett Smith ended up having to replace her. Yeah, and they, and supposedly it was, like, you know, like, gonna be her entryway into having, like, a starring role in Hollywood. Like, she was ready to move into movies. Yeah, she did and, Queen of the Damned at the same time, and didn't she? I don't I'm know. Sure, because they didn't talk about. Maybe they did. I don't remember. Well, her brother, her brother had to finish dubbing in some lines. I remember. Oh no, kidding. Yeah. Well, in any case, the, the and then they end it with you know like like and then like some credits up on the screen or whatever that it's like you know. Here's the amazing things that she did. Tragically, a plane crashed and she died. <laughs> whatever you know <laughs> so the, um, she but oh, what, sorry what I was going to say was that there was um, they didn't as far as I'm aware um, just because I think I think Wendy Williams weirdly enough the, the lizard woman ended up having to, <laughs> she um, she's also quite gifable you know, she's, there are many good gifts of her turning around and making a, making a face, but she scares me. She'll know about this now. I feel like she's always bugging everyone. Wendy uh, produced this, and she, as far as I'm aware, they couldn't get permission from the estate to use any of her music in the Aaliyah movie. Correct? Oh, yeah. I, I don't think they could, they just, could just use, like, they used songs that sounded sort of similar. So that one song that was, like, her really big hit, the one with the baby noise in it or whatever, the, like... Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one with the baby noise, where it sounds yeah. like in Super Mario World when you mount a Yoshi, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I'm not. I I wouldn't know because I have not played it, but I will definitely take your word. That we'll take the it. Super Nintendo for a spin later. <laughs> I don't have one. But so when they, so supposedly that was like song that she made with. With Missy Elliott, Elliot and Timbaland yes. as like her producers, and so they like play her a beat, and they're like, "All right, this is gonna be really weird. Just listen to it. Tell us what you think." And they just play like what is clearly like the baseline of that song. Yeah. And she listens to it, and she's like, "You guys are really weird." And then and then they're like, "Oh shit, she doesn't like it." And then she's like, "But I like it." And then like clearly it's a like I like I didn't know much about Aaliyah, but I knew that song. Yeah. Um, only because I maintain the database for um, Dance Dance Party Party, which is this one-hour dance thing that I do with women. Um, and it's it's excellent. If you're if you're a woman in Chicago, please look into it. You'll have a good time. It's in other cities too. Um, 
And but anyway, so we have a database of like all the whenever anybody DJs, and then we put the songs in the, the database, so you can see like you know like oh this is how many times like MIA's Paper Planes has been played or whatever. Sure. And that Aaliyah song, um, weirdly, I could I couldn't find it on Spotify. Huh. Like I could only find other people covering it. But I, but anyway, oh. so I so I saw how many times it had been played when I put it in the database, and I was like. Like, and also, like, I, th- it was weird because the person who sent me their thing, their tracks, like, it was spelled weird. You know, so I had to go investigate it, and that's how I fell into the Aaliyah wormhole. Oh, I see. Yeah, and so... Anyway, <laughs> this, yeah. this sounds like a quantum theory. Yeah, I know, I, totally. So, so like, I, um, that's how I, I got... Like, that song gets a lot of play at Dance Dance Party Party. So I was like, what is so special? I'm not even that crazy about that song. You know, it's okay, but... Yeah. Um, that's, that's interesting. I would never think that that would be a popular dance song. I know. Song. It's it's weird. It's, like, a, like hard to dance to, kind of. It's really angular. Yeah. And I can't... That, that like, the, the sample of the baby, the, like... The, yo- <laughs> the Yoshi. The Yoshi. Like, it's super irritating. Like, I don't, like that you know yeah um but so i was like why is this so popular and so you know that yeah but anyway so i know that song well enough even though i don't actually like it to understand like oh this this moment that they're showing with missy elliott and timberland and Aaliyah, like clearly this is that song that's pretty clever of them to use the baseline at least because you know that's easier to get away with than in, in like reference point for a specific story than being like, okay, we're playing like five seconds of the song because legally that's all we can do. You yeah. Know, that's that's really smart. Um, like in the Britney movie, like there were things where like, like, oh, this is clearly supposed to be the, what was it? The 2006 MTV Awards. Oh, right. Where she did Gimme More and it was like, a, a, you know, critic got critically... Panned as basically being a shit show. I didn't think it was that bad, but whatever. Um, like they, they just they had her come out and do a song that was not that song because they didn't have the rights for any Britney songs. The only time that they played songs that Britney had done were covers. Yes, and there was a couple where like, I was like Satisfaction. Did you, she did Satisfaction? Yes. She did it in the movie. And I love rock, I love rock and roll. roll. They did that in the movie. But then there was the other one where I was like, I don't remember her singing that ever. Did she? Do you remember what it was? No. It was really random because I was expecting like, oh, maybe they'll do Beat Goes On because she performed that a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounded like e- her first or second album. Or even like that one tour she did where she's like, I'm a rocker because I'm singing Alanis Morissette. You know, she because she, she did uh, You Wanna Know as like her special I'm singing live song. <laughs> She did. She did in the in the movie or in no real in life? real life. So she there were did? many. Co- I didn't know that. So there's several covers. Wait, when did she do that? Uh, I think the Femme Fatale tour. So yeah. then another. So then I probably saw that because there was a video of the Femme Fatale tour or like a DVD that <laughs> that we watched it. Me and Sarah, and Sarah's late significant other, um, we went to the Sears dental department near the Portage Theater because it was going to be shown at the Portage Theater and they moved it across the street. And they and it was... The, did I ever tell you about this? No. It's on, It's in an It's in an issue of my zine. I, I wrote up like a review of it, but... Oh, wait, no, that's... Yes, yes, okay. And, yeah. And anyway, so if she did it on the Femme Fatale Tour, then I must... It must be on that DVD. I probably saw it. I just don't remember. It's either that or Circus. The two kind of blend together for me, although they're very different records. Yeah, I love Circus is my favorite Britney album. It's probably Femme the most Femme is my least favorite Britney album. Are you sure it's not Britney Jean that's your least Oh, maybe. Well, at least... Yeah. I am chilling with you. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't referenced that in a while. I miss that. Mm. I love chilling with you. Me too. With you? <laughs> um, Drinking red wine. I only remember that that one line. Well, I think both verse, one verse is white wine, the other is red wine. No. <laughs> there, uh, and perhaps the lost verse was about, you know, pink zin. A oh, nice rosé. Or rosé, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Rosé, Shantae, you, you stay. <laughs> Ru, RuPaul. Okay, so anyway. Um, so the Britney movie was strange because I, I was actually questioning the cover choice that wasn't either Satisfaction or I Love Rock and Roll. And I was very confused about this just in general. And But I thought that they did a good job of um, getting the point across. Yes, and condensing. Yeah. 
There was so much condensing. Just yeah. add water. <laughs> yeah, and they even have a little notice at the end, like, you know, certain moments have been condensed for clarity or something. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's like... They should have put that in the beginning. <laughs> but then maybe that people would be like, well, then I'm not going to watch this. You know. I think it was Sarah uh, that said when the the claymation version of of Justin Timberlake. He was, he was pretty spot on, quite honestly. And I, I think it was her that said, there's no way he talks like this in real life. And I say, yes, he does. Wiggity whack. Are we talking about Federline or are we talking about... Justin. Yeah. Uh, Timberlake. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Actually, the guy who played him had a... Like, I can see why he was given the role. He had a... Timberlandian essence that he captured the aura of him. Oh, Tim- like. Timberlakean. Yes. Right. Sorry. I yeah. think with Timberland being in. A... Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but they did collaborate many times. It's true, and also I remember hearing some story about like Britney sent. She's driving somewhere, and she sends her driver in to get the new Timberland album, and they come out with a Justin Timberlake album. Oh. <laughs> if only that had been in the movie. I know that's. But there was a dance-off. There was a dance-off. Oh, yeah! There was a scene where, like... The highly contested, rumored dance-off that happened in France, I guess, which they were, like, taking it as gospel for the movie, because I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I could see... It was funny, too. There were certain scenes that I could see, like, oh, clearly they got that from, like, Lynn Spears' memoir. Like, the Through stuff... the storm. Yeah. The, um... So, like, all the stuff with... Sam Lufty, that sort of Sven Gulli guy oh who took God, over Britney's so life. Creepy, yes. Yeah, like like a lot of that, like I totally recognized from the Lynn Spears book, and hilariously, a bunch of the scenes I actually once reenacted those scenes in a celebrity memoir reading. That's right. <laughs> Do you have was that recorded? No, unfortunately. Would you like to record it now? That would be amazing. I have a copy of Lynn Spears. That's <laughs> right. Because somehow for some reason I had accidentally ordered two copies of it. Accidentally. Yeah. Please. <laughs> this was this you gave this to me towards the beginning of our friendship. I know. And you were like, This you need this. <laughs> that's I when I, that's when I knew we'd be friends. Right? So it was like it was like I'd th- my the time that I ordered it, I somehow, in the back of my mind, knew that we were going, that I was going to meet my, like, my Britney soul mate, and, like, I'd be like, you know, well, I'll just order the second one, because eventually it's going to have to, you know, be gifted. So it was like I was waiting for you, and then you showed up in my life, and I was like, you're the person I'm supposed to give this book to. And you are gifted. (laughs) This is great. This is great. I love this explanation. This is so Oh. Also, what's great about that book is that the she's... Cover. The cover. She's leaning on the window. And so it, instead of... The book is called Through the Storm, but I feel like Through it should be storm. called... I feel like it should be called Through the Storm Window. Through the Storm Window. <laughs> <sighs> also, what they didn't do in the movie that was my favorite line in Lynn's book was... All the scenes where Britney is sort of drugged up by Sam Lefty, Lynn says in her book, with total seriousness, she says, Britney went and changed her clothes several times. Then she went and changed her dog's clothes several times. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was just praying when they got to those scenes that they would somehow include that, and they, they didn't. They didn't. No. Failure on Lifetime's part. We're writing a stern letter. Totally. Um, they're going to have to survive our storm. <laughs> the so Every time I think of storm as an aside, I just think of the 90s X-Men cartoon storm, oh. where she has those absurd mon- monologues, and the best one where, she, where Cyclops, run, they're running from an enemy, and Cyclops is like, Storm, go get someone, or go get Jean, and... and Storm flies up and she goes, I shall meet you at the monorail. Oh, yeah, I think you've showed this onto me on YouTube. Many times I have. I feel like you've posted the, the monorail. Thing. It's the best line in all all things. And I'm disappointed the Britney the Britney movie did not use it. <laughs> it's unfortunate. <laughs> through the through the X-Men storm. Um I was I was actually kind of confused because obviously like there's been reference in real life that Sam Lefty had allegedly drugged Britney. 
But in the movie, it just seemed like she was just out of it. You know, they they just had like a jerk, like a guy who very successfully played a very slimy jerk. So he actually he had he was good. He was mm-hmm. a good actor, which is you know the bar the bar for these sorts of things was pretty low. So by comparison, I thought he did a very admirable job. I see. And, I feel like she seemed pretty drugged in that movie. That yeah, but we didn't see. We didn't see. Well, it. you didn't see the actual drugs. I think it was implied. Was it? I, 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 I just remember her acting very. The woman who played Brittany just acting similarly when she was in the psych ward. Um, but maybe maybe I missed something, or maybe I missed. Oh, a... oh you know what? I might be over inferring because of what I know about Brittany. Ah, uh, you know that like. Why well, could be wrong? That because Lynn wrote about him drugging her in the book. And then all the postulation, postulation, postulating, uh, whatever, that, you know, Brittany's bipolar or, you know, whatever is medicated in some way. And, you know, and that she maybe came unhinged. I mean, also going through a divorce and custody battle. And and what I know about folks who have mental illness, like bipolar or manic episodes that certain things can like set it off you know yes so and that'll you know so like so i'll give an example so uh my husband and i have a roommate who was he's very vocal about being manic and also bipolar and what i have noticed about him about what will set off entire episodes that last week's is like one thing will you know will like then spiral uh, so there was this, this is a, this is a crazy but so this would drive anybody crazy I think we were having the house painted and all of the furniture had to be moved like half a foot away from the wall and this was going on for like days and days and days and so we all had to live our lives in, like in this weirdly different world where the furniture was like moved further in by half a foot and then but then also you couldn't like touch the walls and so we it kind of felt a little bit like we were wa- walking on eggshells was, yes, the fl- was the floor also lava <laughs> yeah the floor we had to also hop on cushions and not touch the floor um and that set him off and like suddenly he was like getting arrested at the border and you know just like crazy shit whoa and, yeah and then you know what, like the canadian border yeah like he he ended was he up fly fishing illegally i don't and then he ended up in bellevue which is like the sylvia plath mental institution i well, anyway so like so i imagine you know if you already have a disposition towards mental illness yes if you already have the shit going on that can like steamroll and set shit off more and so if you already especially if you're like you know like so the writer Cynthia wilson she talks about celebrity being basically like an, an illness mm-hmm so if you're like obsessed with celebrityness and being famous, then it's a you act like a mentally ill person. And so yeah. if you are already in the spotlight, you're already going through a divorce. Your career is like at a weird crossroad. Crossroads. <laughs> um, I used to think. <laughs> <laughs> so like all this is to say, would not surprise me if Britney was both drugged and mentally ill in a mental institution. Sure. shown in the movie, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I think that's a good explanation. And I think that the movie specifically did a really good job, again, again, considering how absurd the nature of a made-for-TV movie is of someone living with a very low budget. Well, the movie was low budget. She has yeah. a high budget. <laughs> right. Real Britney. Yeah, it's weird. It's like a movie that has a low budget about someone with a big budget. Yeah, it's very strange. And they do the, I think they do the best they can to try to look shiny. You yeah. Know? yeah, but yeah, yeah. Not in the Firefly sense, but like in a... like it, It's trying to... It looks good. Glossy. It, I mean, glossy. It, it was glossy enough um, to convince you. Yeah. Also, I feel like you suspend a lot of disbelief when you watch these things. Yeah. Well, I mean, you kind of had to, considering Jamie Lynn, her sister, never aged, though her parents did. And I was half expecting... Oh, yeah. I was, I, and then her sister just disappears at some point. Like, I think by the t- point that both of her parents have grayed out hair, they couldn't argue that her sister was permanently 12 still, if that. Oh, yeah, it, right? it, Well, because at some point in Jamie Lynn's life, um, she becomes pregnant and has to leave her Nickelodeon show. Right. And that was very controversial at the time as well, so if... That must have been very stressful because that reflects directly back on the Spears family. Yeah. Um, but I thought that the movie itself, regardless, did actually an admirable job about humanizing mental illness mm-hmm. because it's very unfortunate. Like, there are, 
there are elements that we joke about, of course, but it's a very serious thing that Britney went through. And she's a human. And when you're a celebrity, which, as, you, which, as you've quoted, is basically a mental illness, people, people often do things to become celebrities if that's what they want to do. Like, it's actually not that hard to become a celebrity. People think it is, but it, what, it, what the difficulty is is that you have to want attention in such a specific way um, that you're not getting fed from one, one way or the other. And Brittany grew up in a breaking house, not a fully broken house, but one that ended up breaking yeah. as, as she was reaching her height as a singer. Yeah. Um, and Alcoholic father, parents not getting along. A mom that was basically afraid to talk to her daughter for fear of being shut out, which eventually did happen mm-hmm. due to Sam Lofty, but regardless it happened. And, um, it, if, if you can't even be there for yourself, you know, how can you be there for your family? So it's, it was, uh, it, it was, um, I thought it did a good job of illuminating much of the nuance, even though it glossed over parts of it, Yeah. Uh, of why she potentially had her famous breakdown. Um, and, you know, like, there's really tacky references to it in in today's world, which is really sad. Like, I, I, I think of this relatively recent Katy Perry red carpet thing where she was like... Yeah, I heard about that, but I didn't really investigate it. It was just like a one-off quip where she said, I think maybe it's to Ryan Seacrest, where he was something like... Hi, how are you doing? And she's like, well, no mental breakdown yet. Haven't haven't smashed any mirrors, you know, or whatever she said. Uh, but she clearly made an allusion to it. Oh, she, no, I haven't shaved my head yet. Which, you know, like, it was alarming at the time when we didn't understand what it was. And people often laugh at things that they don't understand or that make them uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, which is why it's common for people to laugh uh, during, like, a funeral. But um, it, it was just... I, I felt like this movie, if it if it accomplished anything other than just trying to be salacious, it also and gossipy, you know, I think that it did a really good job at just being like, you know what, she is a human, and this is something a lot of people go through. And if you're growing up in a celebrity world in itself, like you haven't fully formed, and there's that theory, which I believe you you brought up in a previous podcast, and, and if not, at least in our life, where. Um, can we get the continuity editors on this? Um, where when you get famous, you stop mentally growing at that level. Like, like you are permanently going to be that point. Oh, yeah. So being famous is like having, like, the same thing as, like, having trauma. Yeah. That And you get stuck at that age. And if she has trauma already, then it's like it's going to be embedded in you. And, of course, it's like people aren't going to view you as human when you're a pop star. You're going to be a product. Yeah. So you're still trying to like gather yourself, and then you can't because no one else views you as human, despite any best intention. It's very upsetting. So I, you know, um, Brittany may not be like on the Mensa level that Aaliyah was, but she's still a creative individual and someone that has emotions. Yeah. And someone that's a valid human being. So regardless of whatever you think of the quality of her music, or the quality of and the essence of her celebrity. She's still a valid person. You know, every single person de- deserves to have their mind respected and their heart respected. And it's just it's just too easy, regardless of your feelings of anyone, to, to tear others down just, just for a quick joke. You know? Amen. Amen. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers and to Frasier, that. And Frasier, a spinoff of Cheers. And the Tortellis, a short-lived spinoff of the Cheers, which I like to call the Tortellis. Was that the Danny DeVito and... No, it was Rio, Rio Perlman's ex-husband character and the wife the bimbo wife the the, like the character like Loretta god I haven't I haven't seen Cheers in so long I don't know that I watched Cheers enough enough I mean I watched it but not enough to know uh, all of these characters but what about your 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 Britney tribute group uh, Spears and Cheers (laughs) (laughs) it's Spears and Gears sorry (laughs) Sasha's referring to the um, the Britney Spears cabaret slash steampunk cover band that I'm in with my husband and our friend Kyle that is called Spears and Gears that we play like once a year. <laughs> like when someone's like, I need uh, this weird novelty band to come do a thing. Oh, oh yeah. I can do a torch song version of Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Here I come. You look amazing when you do it, though. Oh, thank honestly. you. Well, you clean up pretty. Oh, thank you. This is... <laughs> Shucks. <laughs> See, it's okay to make fun of Britney's southern accent. That That's fair game. Y'all. Uh, you know what's <laughs> interesting? In the movie, I felt like... 
she faded in and out of the southern accent. Which so did it, I. But which is also what Britney does. Yeah, actually, because she 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 kind of had like a Floridian grow like right thing. Where 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 did? But then she was in California. Where did where was Mickey Mouse Club filmed? Was that in California or Florida? I think it was in Florida. Florida. Okay. So yeah, because it was at Disney World, not Disneyland. Yeah. So if she, it, it's weird when you grow up in multiple areas with yeah. various people who are coming in and out of your life. You pick up uh, little diction. Uh, inflections yeah and so your accent becomes mixed and i feel like hers in real life well and i also wonder if maybe like in the beginning they groomed her to be like you know don't sound you know don't talk this way talk this way you know if maybe they what happened with justin christina i mean justin's like yo dog and christina's like and then then there's ryan gosling which is the most random one did, well, did those other people not grow up in no, Louisiana? No, they, they died. They died. <laughs> after after Disney was done with them, we went. They went. We've selected the few. Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean Justin, Christina, Ryan Gosling. Did they all not grow up in the South? Is that why they don't sound? Well, I know Ryan like... Gosling is Canadian, mm-hmm. and I think uh, Christina's family is Mexican, mm-hmm. and so I mean, I guess that's South South, you know. And yeah. I don't. I don't know where the rest of them grew up. And I feel like a couple of them are from New York. I can't remember. It's been so long since I've seen the Mickey Mouse Club. I was a kid when that was on. Honestly, I didn't even know that they had had one that wasn't the old, like, Annette oh, Funicello one. Like, that it was back in the game until Britney got, became a thing yeah and uh, the, and then i was like the mickey mouse club i thought that was like annette finicello right yeah right. and it, then i was like oh i guess they and then then now they have a disney channel like i mean i was already an adult so like for me i wasn't paying attention i you know sure i remember it being kind of like a fever dream for me because i didn't think it was real because even then they had recycled old um reruns for for padding out the programming because disney while it was a hu- it's a huge it's one of the leading corporations in the world which is crazy to that think about crazy. it's like in i think it's like number six out of all the corporations in the world it's insane it's insane but they um they i, I remember that disney channel started off as like a pay-per-view thing and so for some reason like when my when my folks when they had like a cable box for kids, that's a that's a box you have to turn on, and there's these digital numbers, and it looks like an alarm clock, and you have to keep hitting the button. <laughs> Eventually, a signal will come in. You hope, but um, occasionally they would give you these pay per view samples for a couple of weeks to be like, oh, you know, you really want to check this channel out. Like HBO was the same way. Showtime was is often given like samples for uh, like a month or so. Yeah, and so they get I, you hooked. They try to get you hooked. So early Disney Channel was just like was just like old vault disney yeah. is what i think it was called um reruns yeah. so like zorro and the old mickey mouse club and so this new mickey mouse club like i don't remember the intro to it i just remember like blurs of like britney and christina on like a roller coaster and not an emotional one but a roller coaster and then like i think they were just going around disney world because it was cheap to film there because they owned it oh. obviously and i and then all of a sudden, like, you flash forward and then puberty hits all of them. And then there's, like, they're singing in the Mulan soundtrack. And then Justin's in NSYNC. And then Britney's in this very short-lived girl group. And then she's solo. And it's very strange. It's very, it's all very strange. So I still, even though I know that there's archival footage of it and I've seen it, I still don't think it's real. I think this is, like, a product of maybe some, like, Robitussin I took as a four-year-old or something. I don't really know. But it was... Y'all, y'all, I'm getting into a southern accent somewhere. Just, just the discussion. Just the di- discussion. That, I don't even know what that was. <laughs> um, the, anyway, that was a ramble. But And then eventually Disney Channel became like a, a stable thing, which <laughs> I'm always wedging it in. But so weird was the flagship show for... Which was like X, Disney X-Files. Yes. Um, it, which I'd never heard of until I met Sasha and then he made me watch all of it. Right, and it's it's not all great, but it's in fact, but it's enjoyable in its own charm. For a Disney show, it's pretty dark, but so that was why it was surprising that that was like a flagship show, and then they would they would um, air all the all the reruns from the Vault Disney and the New Mickey Mouse Club, in addition to like the Babysitters Club TV show version, and 
like some other things that were like failed pilots from ABC. It was it's a it's a weird world and how far it's come. So like for one of the leading corporations, um, like it's weird that it took them so long to get a stable sense of a TV channel. Yeah. But then it, and then you think like oh well media has really changed quite a bit. We're at this point now where everything changes within like a month now. Like how everything operates, it's exhausting having to keep up with everybody's new approaches and who's buying who yeah so like who's zooming who (laughs) aretha franklin so like all of a sudden disney owns marvel which like i feel like but i feel like that could change in two minutes right or like oh they also because they don't they also own star wars now yeah what is happening yeah yeah it's so confusing i i feel like everything is more and more although at the same time, feels like everything is just becoming one thing. Like, like Disney's going to buy everything out, mm-hmm. and like it's just the world will be Disney. It's like back in the days of like when Viacom owned everything. Oh right, because they own they own MTV, VH1, Nickelodeon, A yeah. and E, right? Uh, do they? I don't. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. You know, so it just like everything will just become like the one. You know, like. Global camera, you know, whatever. It's just like one unified big brother mega corporation. I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. I, I, I mean, Clear Channel is kind of like that. They, they had that law changed in the mid mid nineties, so that like having a basic monopoly of all radio stations is not illegal. So that's why it's so important to support local radio. Woo woo! And independent podcasts. And independent publishing. And independent women. Part two. What's independent women part two? Um, it's it's the less attractive version of independent women part one. What was featuring that? Featuring Wyclef Jean. It was Destiny's Child. Oh, okay. Oh, that's banned? Destiny's Child. No! Independent women. No, that was their song. Oh, <laughs> I, I I feel like Destiny's Child that was never something that I independent Picardy Third. That makes things major. No more music theory. So do we feel that we have adequately covered the Britney Spears Lifetime extravaganza? I think so. It's a blast. You know, just go into it. It's fun. But don't take my word for it. Ta-da-da. Yep. That was a Reading Rainbow reference. Got it. All right. I think we have adequately covered this topic. So even though we didn't have the binder this week, I still feel like we got some good material here for, for the world. And now, if you will recall, on the last episode, we said to everybody, let us know if you would prefer that we put the music into the sync reading after we read it so that it sounds adequately scored, or if you prefer that we add, continue to ad-lib it and add music. You don't think I'm an adequate soundtrack composer in the moment? <laughs> I love it. But I wanted to know what everybody else said. I'm fine either way. And you know what everybody else said? What? Nothing, because nobody listens to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. On that note, we may not have the binder, but we have the ties that bind. We also may not have your attention, but, uh. Oh well. We don't care. <laughs> okay, goodbye. Bye, 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 bye.